0: The Data Reaper podcast is a companion which provides extra insight into the weekly report found at ViciousSyndicate.com. Join us for a deeper dive into the numbers to help you improve your Hearthstone game.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 94 of the Data Reaper podcast. I am your host, Particulous Hat, and joined as always by Prince Sacco. Zach, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Hat? Doing okay. I'm looking at the incredibly sketchy lineups from the latest Masters tour. Day one just wrapped like five minutes ago as of the time of this recording. Um Habu 4 four oh again. What is simply simply stunning. But, you know. There were there were some perfect one thirties, some perfect one forties going around. Don't think I saw any one sixties. It's I'm pretty uh, sure a
0: perfect one forty does not exist. 140 is Biden's definition imperfect. But we'll get to that. Um, yeah. By the way, yeah, there are five 4-0 the...
1: players, Zach. Guess how many Renathals? When? There are five four, and 4-0 players. Guess how many of them brought, brought Renathal? One. False. You're off by one. So there's zero? The, there's the not any, five not undefeated e- players, not a single one has a Renathal. There are no Renathals.
0: I expected at least one Celestial Druid to sneak through there, but I guess oh, there is not. a Celestial Druid.
1: It's 30 cards. Oh, without Renathal.
0: Yep. Oh, there's no Renathal. <laughs> I see. <laughs> now it makes sense to me. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, we had a new expansion launched on Monday. The expansion of decks.
1: <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That was really good. That was a really good joke.
0: Look at you. Uh, Yeah, um, yeah, I'm very proud of this one. Anyway, I I thought of it this very second. I didn't even plan for this. Anyway, um, yeah, Renathal came out. The meta completely changed in terms of play rate. It would have been really, really stupid if we just released a report about the data before Renathal came out. And... uh, because it was just completely irrelevant. The, the 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 latter that you're experiencing is very, very different from what you've seen on the week before this card was out. So we decided to cancel the report and have a post-Renothal impression podcast since there's such a change, huge change in play rates of, of everything, which is going to shift how decks that even if they don't play Renathal, it would change how they perform, obviously. And this is what we're going to discuss. Uh, Next report is going to be on the usual Thursday, which is going to be July 7th. And let's get to it, Hat. And we start with the class that has, uh, I don't know, been transformed the most by Renathal and is utilizing it more than any other class. Is that another one?
1: Because there's a lot of transformation Mm. in Druid going on right now. Hmm,
0: maybe, maybe,
1: what? but... Uh, Were you not impressed or with that one? Uh, I, uh,
0: I mean, let's talk about these decks.
1: Alright, so let's talk about these decks. I want to hear about Druid, because Druid went from being in the bottom of the list to being the most popular class in Legend that since the launch of Renathal.
0: Ladder, it's it, everywhere on Ladder. It's the yes. most popular class. It's no longer Rogue. Yeah, it's no longer Rogue. I think only Gold and Below Druid is not the most popular cost, but everywhere else uh, it's it's very popular, and it's particularly popular at Legend. And that's thanks to the emergence of two main archetypes, the Ramp Celestial Druid, mostly Celestial, large majority of Ramp Druid is just Celestial Druid, and prester Druid. Prester Druid is suddenly the most popular deck in the format massive play rates claims that it's the best deck in the game by notable personalities, um, complaints about how it should be nerfed as well. And this is the deck that supposedly benefits from Prince Renathal. Uh, and I think it's a very interesting case. This deck is a very interesting case of where Renathal supposedly works. Um, also, Renathal is added to the Celestial Druid uh, in order to provide it with a health cushion. That's the reasoning for this card to, to see play in that archetype. But let's first discuss Prester Druid. So the thing about Prestor Druid is that it's not really a deck. It's more of a gimmick. And there are 40 cards in the deck, but only five of them actually matter. And those five are the ones that are either Prestor or the cards that tutor prester, right? You've got um or guff, guff matters too. Uh, yeah, I guess it's six cards. You have a uh, capture cooltooth minds that are meant to tutor prester and then guff, and you have Jerry Red Carpenter which draw and split the cooltooth minds so you can draw your prester and your guff. So in a way that deck which has a, a bunch of low cost minions uh, tons of low cost minions and basically like innervate and mailbox dancer just so you can play Prester earlier. The whole purpose of the deck is that the rest of the cards do not matter, and this is a common pattern when it comes to Renathal. For Renathal to be to make sense in a deck, the deck, the cards in the deck need to not matter. Uh, Because they don't matter because in Presto Druid, all your minions get transformed as quickly as possible. That is the goal of your deck, is is to transform it into something else. And then um, the cards that you, you, you have in your deck don't matter. So having 40 cards doesn't matter. But here's another catch. Having 40 cards in that deck is actually an upside rather than a downside because normally in every other deck, if you run 40 cards over 30 cards, you're going to have a worse deck because the power spikes are going to be harder or less, you're less likely to find them, your best cards, and you're adding 10 cards that are worse, obviously, than the first 30 cards that you would put in a deck. And if you have any sort of strategy that is based on synergies or a package of cards, then by running 40 cards, you're diluting that package. You're diluting those synergies. You're making your deck worse. But in the case of Prestor, your cards get transformed. So there's no synergy. It doesn't matter. You can shove whatever you want. It actually doesn't matter what kind of one-drops you play. Almost doesn't matter. You can pick whatever. The the, the the strategy remains the same. But here's another thing. When you have 40 cards in your deck, what, what happens is you're pretty much... Uh, you're very likely to encounter, generate, or discover, uh, while playing Prestor as quickly as possible, about 25 dragons. Something like that, on average, uh, you're going to generate or transform in your deck. 24, 25, sometimes you get the Prestor a bit earlier, sometimes you get a Prestor a bit later, but that's the point. And since you have so many of potential transformed dragons, you are more likely to find Kazakusen. I did some sort of rough math. And you're pretty much in the average game. You are 65. You have a 65% chance to find Kazakasan based on the number of minions that you have in your deck. And then lo and behold, Prestor Druid. It's not just this. Like it's not a gimmicky dragon deck. It is a Kazakasan deck because very often it's going to have Kazakasan. Sometimes you can even generate two Kazakasans in the game, and that's basically your late game. Like, if you're playing against a strategy that's very slow and gives you time, two out of three games, you're gonna find Kazakistan, you're gonna win because you can't. Like, a, a slow strategy that relies on just removing things is not gonna be able to outlast Kazakistan. And Prester Druid is indeed very good against slow decks that are reliant on removal. It's good against Control Warrior, it's good against Curse Warlock, we'll get to that later. It's good against Who has Priest, that's another deck that's seen more play. So it's good against those things. Um, The problem is that this deck is not very good against good decks. Mm. Seems problematic. When it comes to good decks, actual good decks that have any sort of proactivity in their game plan... Most good decks, right? I think Big Be- Big Beast Hunter is another deck that sort of struggles against Prester Druid. But when you, when you look at the matchup spread against every other deck that's, you know, well refined, has thirty cards rather than forty, and has a strategy that if you let it if you're if you're running a bunch of garbage with Prester and you're reliant on some top decks dragons to save you, like anixia and stuff like that, you're gonna die more often than not. And uh, this is what you see in the win rate. Prestor Druid at lower ranks, when it comes to low ranks, has a very positive win rate. Looks like a decent deck. But the higher you climb ladder is where the meta is more advanced in its development. There's a higher percentage of good decks being played. And the win rate goes down. In fact, Presto Druid already at Legend is a tier 3 deck. And I'll be shocked if it's any better than that. I think at... And that drop in power, that drop in win rate is trickling down to the rest of ladder and Presto Druid is getting worse every day because people are playing less of the bad decks and more of the good decks so the question is is Presto Druid a good deck? no was it a good idea to bring it to Masters Tour this weekend? absolutely not you'd have to be extremely uninformed to bring this deck to, it, it beats nothing re- relevant, like there's nothing that this deck actually does well when it comes to competitive play Uh, so this deck is actually garbage Like straight up it's kind of garbage Uh, and I'll be shocked if it has anywhere near a positive win rate next week so Presto Druid is a major major bait and there's also no refinement whatsoever you can't do any refinement it almost doesn't matter what are you going to do you're going to cut this one drop and run that one drop. It doesn't matter what kind of one drop you play, right? So scope for improvement in, is low. Obvious skill ceiling is very low because you tutor a deck of lunacy. It's, you know yeah, what else and do you, you do? You play it, and that's it. Like there's, it's a very linear deck that does one thing every time. It does it very consistently. Yeah. But when it comes to you know decisions, there there aren't too many of them. So this deck is, uh, yeah, it was it received a lot of hype and stuff like that. But yeah, when it when it played day one, day one, it played against a lot of Renathol decks. Played a lot of and against other Renothal decks, it's pretty good. It's good because it has again that late game win that sixty five percent chance of getting Kazakasan is really good. It's a strong late game plan. Also, so you, you often don't even need a Kazakhkhan because the, the dragons themselves can just overwhelm your opponent. Point is, it's very good against other Renathol, other bad Renathol decks, but when it comes to good decks that run thirty cards, not so much. So, Prester Druid is kind of trash. Uh, now let's look at Celestial Druid. Celestial Druid is another deck that also plays Renathol, and the the point of that is to cushion its health total because it doesn't have great removal and it's all about like sitting and being very passive in the early game and just trying to get to a setup turn to swing back. So in theory, having that extra cushion makes sense, right? It makes sense. Um, And also you can run like, there are some cards that you can add to the list of 30 that still have synergy in the deck. Things like Escape Mana Saber and, you know, such and such. I've seen some Park Panthers running around. Yeah, there's some Park Panthers in the Master Store. There's a raid negotiator here and there? No, raid negotiator, do not run the raid negotiator. But anyway, the point is, that was the reasoning for why Celestial Druid would make sense to run Renathal. And Celestial Druid was performing pretty well, especially early, in the early first, second day. And that's because it beats the other bad Renothal decks, right, that are slow and grindy. You're playing Celestial Alignment. That's a really good counter to slow and grindy decks. But it also counters Prestor Druid. So in a way, it does what Prestor Druid does, which is beat the bad decks, but it also beats Prestor Druid, which makes it better than Prestor Druid, but not by a lot. And when it comes to uh, its current performance, it's very good. And the reason why it's very good right now is because Prestor Druid is super popular. People are playing the hell out of Prestor Druid. But when you actually look at Celestial Druid's matchup spread, it looks really bad. <laughs> its actual matchup spread is really bad against actual good decks. So here's what it does uh, here's what Celestial Druid does Celestial Druid beats Prestor Druid. It beats Quest Priest and Curse Warlock and Boar Priest. Yeah, That's what it beats. That's what it beats. And we'll get to that. But Curse Warlock, trash. Quest Priest, trash. Presto Druid, I just said, it's trash. When it comes to actual good decks, it doesn't win. Now, for this particular Master Store... Celestial Druid made more sense because there were like people were thinking about like targeting Boar Priest and they were thinking about maybe we target the Druid Mirror and such and such. So maybe it made a little bit more sense, but I'm pretty sure that as a pick for this master store, if you gave it like a couple more days for people to figure things out, I'm pretty sure the Celestial Druid would also have fallen off. So right now, in terms of win rate, Celestial Druid looks decent, looks quite good. But when it comes to a settled meta, post-refinement, and after people stop playing the bad Renothal decks, then this deck is not very good. It's not much better than it was before the patch. Now, it does have one hope that may maintain its win rate, is that Presodroid strikes me as the kind of deck that may still have a high play rate, even though it's not very good. But we'll see. Um... I expect Restored to fall off pretty hard at Top Legend, at least, because not only is it not very good, it, it's also a low-agency deck. So, the only reason why Top Legend players would play uh, a, a deck like this is if it was very, very powerful. But a deck with low-agency as well, on top of being garbage, um, it, it, uh, probably not going to see much play. So I mean, at the tail end of this
1: meta, the thing that I expect to fall off is the game count at Top Legend. Uh, I think that
0: after this master's tour, I expect to see a lot of people waiting for the next set to come out. I mean, sure, but I'm talking about play rates, strictly play rates and what's going to happen. And I think that Droid is clearly overplayed. <laughs> yep. like Both of its archetypes are overplayed. One enjoys the inflation of the play rate of the other, right? And the other doesn't really beat anything that's actually good. So, so yeah, so Druid is a bit of a, there's a bit of a mirage here of a class that looks supposedly competitive, but isn't actually that competitive. I would only advocate for Celestial Drain in some situations, but these decks are not well-rounded and they're not getting very good when it comes to facing a diverse, refined, and settled field. Um, definitely not. We'll
1: note, since since we talked about the, the lineups early on, there were more yeah. 4-0s that were still coming in. There are a few Renathal decks here, but the vast majority of lineups have none. There are a couple here and there, a couple Prestor, a couple Alignment, a couple Weirdo decks, um, but the vast there's majority of There's some Prestor.
0: Okay, there's some Prestor. Prestor, again. Prester. Yeah, I mean, it's just... it's it's. There's going to be very... Like, I, I really don't want to tie this discussion to what's happening in the master's tour hat no but it's, like this is a just... master's
1: tour with limited prep where they were dropped this new card out of nowhere it seems powerful at first blush and there have been debates in every discord that i've been in endlessly about this card it is a huge win from the design team in convincing people this effect is good or at least generating engagement just it isn't bearing out in win rate it's not something that you should do with hearthstone decks
0: I will say that Renathal looked very good on the first day. And that's mostly it. because it faced other Renathal decks. Like the Renathal decks, yeah. when they're facing other Renathal decks, then one deck has to win. So somebody has to look good. So and once that's stopped, then then yeah. Now another thing that I have to say, it's not clear to me at all that Celestial Druid should actually be running Renathal. I'm looking at the data and I'm seeing. Some trinkling people are starting to run celestial druid without Renathal. Because think about it, if the meta is like slow and there's not a lot of aggro decks, why would you need that 10% that, that 10 card 10 health cushion to have 10 worst cards in your deck and it'd be less likely to find your celestial alignment and be less likely to find your Lady Anaconda? Why would you do that to yourself? So people are stopping like stop doing that, and based on my early impression, this is definitely not a downgrade. Maybe it's a side grade. Maybe. Maybe uh, running Renathal is a meta-dependent choice. Possibly. But is it actually good? Is it the reason why Celestial Druid is good? No, Renathal is not the reason why Celestial Druid is good. The reason why Celestial Druid is good is because people are playing other garbage Renathal decks. Prester, Quest, Brace, Curse, Warlock and such so uh yeah and and you know we had like people had this debate and they were thinking like like being smart like like the low iq supposedly hearthstone playing said, yeah 10 hp is good and then you have the middling tier of that meme no you're making your deck less consistent blah 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 and then the top mmr supposedly think that the 10 health is what matters But guys, you're making your whole deck just worse and less consistent. Anything that is about synergy in your deck is diluted. If you have a card that is a powerful card, you are less likely to draw it, which makes your deck, like, your performance just worse. And the 10 health, it only matters in very specific matchups. If it's like a matchup against a very, very burny deck, We might might get to discuss a burning deck later. Then, yeah, that 10 health is going to matter. And it does. I can see it in the data. If it's a deck that's just not about board and it's all about burning down your opponent with a finite amount of damage, then that 10 health matters. But what happens in any lakey matchup? If you're playing against Big Spell Mage, right, why would you need this 10 health? It's useless, right? It, It just makes your deck less consistent. Uh, so this actually matters a lot. Uh, and again, based on what I, my impression, the only decks where Renathal is a clear advantage is ones where the cards do not matter. Think about it. And there's actually another deck where Renathal makes sense. And I'll get to it. And it's the uh, same thing. The, the, the cards in the deck do not matter for, for Renathal to actually work. Um... Yeah, so that's Druid. Uh, Druid is not very good. It's super overplayed and super overrated, and I expect the play rate of this class to fall off, though it's probably going to still have interest, some interest because Presto Druid is kind of a funny, uh, weird um, gimmick. It's a good fourth month of the expansion deck. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This is like Renathal was a perfect addition to the format in the last... um, last month of the expansion in terms of uh, getting interest and baiting even high level players tweeted about how this card was going to be meta defining team five members talked about how this card was meta defining and and they were looking at it they're they're not scared of nerfing it if it's necessary and i'm pretty sure cora was trolling there when she said it like i was like what is going on here or like Jesse Alexander asked a question of what deck would be better like if you had a spectrum of like twenty cards to forty cards and X are saying, yeah, the forty card decks are absolutely the best, and yeah, they were trolling right there's no way they were serious right there's no way there's no way, and people talking about mtG example with an effect that's totally different and far more powerful than this, which is just n l
1: the the yeah. magic one. <laughs> It, it dilutes your deck, but it adds a card to your opening hand. Um, if Renathal added a card to your
0: opening hand, he'd be better. Yeah, I think so too. I agree, Hath. If you had one more card in your hand, that would be good. Anyway, um, yeah, so Druid sucks. Uh, kind of sucks. Uh, Celestial, it's a bit harsh to say. I think if you cut Renathal, then <laughs> Celestial Druid is fine as well.
1: You have to cut the other
0: nine extra cards too.
1: You have to to get all of them. Yeah, that
0: also, that mostly is what helps, right? Yes. But uh, yeah, there's no clear. Like next week, if I'm going to refine Celestial Druid, I'm not sure I'm going to put Renathal. I'm honestly not sure. We might have two lists, might be meta dependent or something like that. But I don't even see an upside to running Renathal on ladder. Like it's at best a side grade. Uh, Yeah. And uh, yeah. So that's Druid. Uh next class is uh I want to talk about is uh what uh, Rogue. Yeah. So Rogue, of course, uh, I mean Rogue's are always gonna be popular because of Thief Rogue and you how much people love that archetype. Thief, Thief Rogue looks decent. It's a deck that get better, gets better at higher levels of play because uh the format is a bit more kind to it. Um the vessel smite build looks very, very powerful. The stash build is also looking quite good. Not not behind it by much. It's definitely a good class. You can definitely do well with it. Um, I'm not sure what there is to say about it. Oh, Okani. If you're running um, Vessel Smite, probably a good time to add an Okani and drop the Peasants from your list because uh, the format is a little bit different and Peasants aren't as good as... Um, obviously, if you're playing against Press or Druid, and they play a ton of, of like, one-drops that contest the early game. Peasant's not going to be that good. On the other hand, if you play Okani and you delay Prestor by even one turn, you're, that's pretty much game-winning for you. Yeah, uh, O'Kani, Okani is a neutral. against Prestor Druid is so great. It's so, so
1: good. Because, like, yeah, yeah, what like, are they going to do? What are they going to do? Like,
0: do? Like, yes, they can play around it easily by playing, like, a one-drop and have Okani uh, nullify that minion. But if that means that they don't play Prester for one additional turn, like that's huge, right? So obviously, Prester, uh, Okani is huge in that matchup. It's also pretty good against Celestial Druid. It's also pretty good against like Mage. It's always been good. It was good before the patch because of the popularity of Big Spell Mage. So you should probably be running Okani uh, in the Vessel build. And when it comes to the Thief build, still run Blood in the Water. Blood in the Water, fantastic. The list that we have in the report last week works great. Um yeah, so go ahead and do that. What I really like about looking at this matchup
1: spread, this deck is super low polarity. It's pretty tight to 50-50 across the board. There's a couple matchups where it's a little better, but not very many.
0: Yeah, this archetype in general is not very polarizing. There's a lot of uh there are a lot of matchups that are like close to 50-50. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, one thing about the stash build cut the shadow step, add an extortion. This is something that I would have mentioned in this week's report if there was one. So, there's something that I noticed that the shadow step doesn't make as much sense as just running extra extortion for the no consistency at discounting in the early game. Uh, yeah, so those, those builds are pretty clean. They work pretty well. Rogue is pretty good. Um, and you should be able to do well. I think it got better after this patch, uh, probably because everybody playing like other garbage decks. That probably gonna, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you if if there's a high percentage of people playing garbage, then the decks that were good are gonna be a little bit better. Yeah. Funny how that works, isn't it? Okay, so there's the other rogue type that's not really enjoying this format, and this is kind of the Bernie deck that I was uh, alluding to before, which is bomb rogue. If you're playing against Renathal, that that is the kind of deck that Renathal counters, right? You have a finite amount of damage, you don't have a lot of reload, and you need to basically bomb rush life totals. And when they start with 40, that's obviously a problem for you. So Bomb Rogue is doing very, very poorly. It looks unplayable right now.
1: But, But it's not just because of Renathal. Bomb Rogue is also bad against 30s, not just 40s.
0: Yeah, it's not good against Fell Demon Hunter. It's not good against Big Spell Mage. It's 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 not it's not good. But the fact that you have like it doesn't even beat Warlock anymore because they started with forty life. When yeah. before it was pretty clearly favored against it. it that it's is, unfavored against
1: Prestor Druid. Like, ugh.
0: yeah, ugh. because they just play they just bum on. rush you with one drops. They just uh, yeah, bum you, you, rush you just with, play the
1: minions and you just hit them that's so yeah, dumb you just okay
0: mm-hmm. that makes more sense yes. yeah you just you just yeah um uh, uh yeah so so that's kind of a problem though again if there was a report this week i would have talked about a sm- smoke screen trickster build with um with burning blade acolyte we'll look at that next week but again this archetype i just can't recommend it right now it looks absolutely unplayable at its current climate, and I'm pretty sure it's not going to get much better uh, in the future. Uh, so Bomb Rogue is kind of... Yeah. It's a deck that sees quite a bit of play. And yeah, it just gifts wins to, to other decks. Um, it's yeah. amazing so to
1: me that the most popular decks seeing play right now, almost all of them are under 50% win rate. The popular decks are bad. Yeah,
0: Renathal just... Renathal just injected a lot of garbage into the format, which is I think what Team Five wanted to do. Um, yeah, yeah cuz it's, it's really great.
1: fun for the content creators and just generally when laddering, it's a very wacky experience right now. It
0: is maybe the jankiest standard meta I can remember in a while. I will admit that the one the first day was unbearable for me. Like sure. I was playing like a Renathal deck and cuz I was trying it out and I was queuing into another Renathol deck and I was like trapped for like 20 minutes into a game uh yeah uh i don't think it would have been good if renathal was actually good but yeah my instincts before the card was released when i saw it was this wasn't gonna work and then first day there was some sort of mirage where renathal seemed like good wait is this good but then it was yeah just because there were a lot of renathal mirrors so i was kind of fooled a bit you didn't have my perspective zach because i played ladder that day
1: let me tell you fossil fanatic on two I never thought for one second that Renathal was going to matter. Because every Renathal deck I played against, my 2-2 just lived for four turns and I killed them.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, I think it shows a lot. Like When Fel Demon Hunter doesn't even lose to Renathal decks, once I saw that, when it actually beats those, de- those decks, once I saw that, I said, yeah, these decks are just not going to have a chance. Um... Because supposedly, in theory, people thought that Brendathal would be good against Feldemon Hunter. See, this was what was crazy to me.
1: Do you remember, before the Warrior nerf, Fel DH had a 50-50 matchup against pre-nerf Control Warrior, which was basically a deck that had Cariel in the opening hand that you couldn't Viper. It gained like 70 life a game. Like, it played 70 life a game. And we killed them anyway, half the time. And people thought 10 life was going to matter.
0: I mean, if you if you if you put Fel Demon Hunter into um into a matchup against current Control Warrior, that's not going to win 50 percent of the time. I think it maybe was about more about the from the depth build.
1: Yeah, well, current Control Warrior has to actually play removal spells, but either way, you remember how much armor was gained by that Warrior? Yeah, yeah, deck. yeah.
0: Fel Demon Hunter can go has a lot of damage this deck has a lot of damage and if you're diluting your deck that means you're diluting your answers ironically you're maybe you're diluting your other life gain options so that also matters uh yeah yeah ranathal not very good okay warlock okay warlock i loved uh, (laughs) okay so warlock is the other class that i think utilizes Renathal the most other than Druid, like second most popular in terms of of Renathal scene play. The theory is warlock likes to life tap. If you we increase the cushion it can life tap more, be threatened less. Since it taps then it can draw more so having 40 cards may not matter as much. Well, not really. Curse Warlock with Renathal is freaking
1: garbage. I assume it's much worse than just playing regular Curse Warlock.
0: It's not much worse, but it is worse. You're better off not running Renathal. And the reason is that you're playing Curse Warlock. You have a package of cards... With specific synergies that you need to draw in order to close out games. If you're queuing up to a late game matchup, say Big Spell Mage. What you need to do in that matchup, you need to draw your curse cards. You need to curse your opponent. When you need to play against Shaman, you need to do the same. If you're diluting your deck to 40 cards, you're not doing that. That extra 10 health does not matter. Here's a shocking fact, Hat. Do you remember how we talked about the curse Warlock Shaman matchup, control shaman matchup, which was oppressively favored to the warlock? It was like 75-25. The shaman needs like to, to like chain mutinous the warlock in order to have a shot, or like somehow rush them with schooling and caverns and burn them down with uh brute con. Right? It was 75. 25 the matchup right now is 60 40 the warlock lost 15 percent in this matchup why because it runs 40 cards and draws the curses less often
1: i am shocked Fif- it's a shocking 15
0: percent that's 15% kind of ridiculous percent
1: worse it just so like the way i've been thinking of it since we've described it is just like renathal feels like little league decks You're just playing Little League (laughs) decks and then just like you come up to the Majors and you have to play 30s. You have to play good cards.
0: Yeah. Also, the matchup against Mage got worse. Basically, every matchup except Bomb Rogue. (laughs) Yeah. The matchup against Bomb Rogue is very, very different. Let me catch it. It's now 50-50. The matchup against Bomb Rogue, 50-50. It used to be clearly favored to the Bomb Rogue. Now that one is 50-50. But a lot of other matchups where that extra 10 health does not matter got worse. So Curse Warlock, now I will say, I will say, Curse Warlock, even with 30 cards, is not particularly good in the current format because you're not, you're still, like, even with 30 cards, you're not beating Celestial Droid. (laughs) No. Right? Uh, there are other matchups that are going to be rough for you. So it's not, again, it's not that much better than not running Renathal, but running Renathal is absolutely pointless. That's the point. This is not, this is an experiment that's not working. And honestly, I think if Renathal was released at a perfect time, not just because it's one month before the expansion, but also because of the timing of the year. Think about if we release Renathal in Stormwind or an rock. this card will see zero play. There would be no chance of this card seeing play. The only reason why Renathal looks even remotely playable is because most decks in the format right now hit like wet noodles, right? So since they hit like when wet noodles, then that 40 health, that buffer can, can actually help in this very watered down format, which is the first expansion of the year. And after a lot of nerfs to a lot of strategies, right? There are more yeah. than just... It's not just first expansion. It's first expansion after tons of nerfs. So it's really weak right now, the format. And, and in that format, the weakest possible format, Renathal is barely playable
1: and probably not. It's Naga Mage would have torn this card to pieces. Four went out for Naga Mage. I miss Naga Mage. But also, I'm a little disappointed this didn't come out at the end of Stormwind, because you there would have been some tweet from some pro with a Renathal gro- rogue list, and you would have lost your mind, and I could have recorded it. <laughs> and that would have been the best content we could ever produce.
0: We missed that opportunity. Gro- wait. Hat. Why would people run Renathal Garroth? Can you tell me why? Because see, I don't I c- understand.
1: I'm kind of getting the content right now. It's, they would run it because of some stupid, dumb reason that didn't make any sense, and you would go on a rant for the ages, and it would be my favorite episode ever, but we never get to
0: see the reality. I mean, yeah. I mean, people did run a quest, Bizarre Burglary, in Rogue, just to run Questing Explorer. A questionable rogue. My favorite. <laughs> You remember Questionable Rogue? Oh, I uh, remember. That card, that deck was actually saw play a top legend consistently over a period of time. That was it's unbelievable. Just throw but,
1: away yeah. a card in your opening hand because you might get it back on turn two.
0: And also a coin. Don't forget about the other payoff. What was it? I forgot what its name was. Uh, the three two that gives you a coin. License adventure. Yeah. Yeah. License adventure.
1: Listen, we're running mailbox dancer in a tier one deck right now. I don't even know anymore, man.
0: I have no idea. Yeah, but not not in the presser dread. But the yeah, but mailbox dancer is good in presser dread uh, because you yeah. can accelerate it's your presser. Intervate. Yeah. You you
1: just need as many innovators as you want because your deck does one thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um yeah so where was I? I was talking Curse about warlock. warlock okay warlock first warlock bad. is
1: there any Merlock Warlock?
0: Uh, I'm not seeing much of it. I'm gonna guess probably good it's against Celestial okay yeah, yeah, it's good against Celestial and good against uh Prester as well, right Murlock's that snowball yeah, Merlock sees very little play it's it's at most ranks it's like under one percent. Maybe 1%, but yeah. Yeah. It, it's it doesn't, n- doesn't seem embarrassingly really
1: bad, but I just never run into him.
0: Yeah, but it's probably good against Druid. Not probably, it's good against Druid because they have no ability to stop your early game snowballing. But people don't care, mostly because Burlock Shaman is just better, right? So that's yeah, but so okay, hold on. I realized
1: I forgot to ask a very important question about Curse Warlock Slash, an adjacent archetype. I have seen so many Demon Seeds on ladder lately. And I don't know why. Do you know why?
0: No, uh, Hat. There was, I think, Savage was running Demon Seed in Curse uh, Warlock okay. and throwing it in the mulligan to win the Mirror. He was what keeping it only for the Mirror. In. Yeah. Yeah. The first day of this uh, Renathel patch was a very weird one. Uh, that That's the main reason why people were running the, the Demon Seed. Um, actual C decks. I, I don't see much of them at all. But yeah, maybe there was some experimentation with C because oh, we start with forty life, so we can damage ourselves more.
1: It's yeah, but, don't do but, that. You kids. know the primary mechanism of self damage in this meta game is fatigue.
0: Ah, this is great. I'm enjoying this podcast. I love this podcast. You know how hard it is to get to fatigue when you add ten
1: cards to your deck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man that baron scavenger and bristlebacks they take a long time to activate maybe this is not a good idea there, it's it's a little uh, sussy it's a little sussy it's a, a little, little sussy yeah a <laughs> little bit I, I absolutely love when people play trash decks and i can just tell them that they're trash for playing it's decks. yeah let's go okay let's yeah. go mage mage okay so okay so we're i think mage is fascinating to me right break. now
1: because of the archetypes that I'm seeing in Mage, I'm, I'm very excited for you to talk about this.
0: Pat, I mean, I, this is refreshing, right? We've been talking about trash decks, and now we can finally discuss the meta defining the refined the consistency of <laughs> Big Spell Mage. The epitome of consistency in the current format. A
1: top-tier duck. At least most people realize you probably shouldn't put
0: Renathal in this. I said most, not all, but most. Uh, people, I think, are smart enough. Yeah, they've been smart enough not to put Rendath on Big Spell Mage, and this deck is very good. Again, the matchups vulnerabilities are very few and far between. You are only struggling against Fell Demon Hunter and Murloc decks, mostly. Um, like Tribal Snowballing early game decks hurt you. Other than that. You're good to go. You're very happy to see Curse Warlock. You're happy to see Quest Priest and all that other gutter trash. You're very happy to see Celestial Druids. Because guess what? When they play Celestial, Rune of the Archmage costs one. Your Parrot costs one. Your Drakefire Amulet costs one. So Celestial, you can handle it pretty well. And you can kind of uh, scam them too. Scam them back. So... You don't mind that matchup at all. Uh yeah, Big Spell Mage is very good. Very, very strong right now. Uh obviously it benefits from the rise of Renathal decks. It does fine, does well against all of them. Uh it does well against Prestor Druid too because it's a good deck. And as I said before, Prestor does not be good decks. And yeah, just run the build that we have in the report last week. Um maybe there's some one card change or two card change maybe next week. We'll see, but that list gets the job done. It's very, very good. Big spell mage, good deck. Yep. And it's not the only good mage deck. Is it? Is it? Is there more good mage decks that I'm not aware of? I guess so. Let me think. Let me think. What are you talking about? Mech mage? Are we talking I about am. mage, huh? Had... Talk about Mech mage. Okay, so Mech mage uh, has a very, very low skill cap. Very, very low skill cap. Just remember something, Uh, we have a very janky meta, right, with a lot of slow, bad decks that have diluted removal, and that's very good for Mech Mage, right, because Mech Mage rolls over bad decks with their diluted removal. Um, I was talking about Murlocs, but Mech Mage also beats Big Spell Mage pretty hard, that's a pretty strong counter, again, because Big Spell Mage doesn't have uh, removal, Uh, and also very good against Celestial Droid. Mechmage is very good against that as well. Yeah,
1: it's not a deck I play in top 1k, but on the climb to Legend, I think you could do a lot worse right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's very, very good right now. Mechmage, I think, is up until top Legend. I expect this deck to get worse because, again, other than Quest Warrior, I haven't seen a deck in this expansion with a lower skill ceiling than Mechmage. It has the second lowest skilling I have observed, in this format in this expansion and usually what happens with these decks and that happened also just as recently as two weeks ago is that this deck blows like looks good initially and then gets worse and worse as the meta gets refined and people relearn the format uh and i expect to see the same thing here it's going to be a strong deck at low ranks of ladder it's going to drop off in its performance as it climbs and its top legend it's going to be unplayable um that's what I expect from, from mech mage. So the when it comes to competitive level, it's big spell mage. There's nothing else. There have been experiments with wildfire mage, uh, with which is basically, you know, multicaster builds of just wildfire mage and running some spells like uh, barrier and arcane intellect in order to leverage uh, Magister Grasp. These decks are not, absolutely terrible, but they're worse than Big Spell Mage. You'd rather run Big Spell Mage compared to Wildfire Mage. Okay. So that was Mage, and now we're headed to Priest. And we we, we we have to start with Quest Priest. Quest Priest is again one of the decks that attempted to incorporate Renathal. And it's also the only deck the only deck had other than... That's not in the Druid class. That's not Presto Druid. Where Renathal... Actually makes sense. It actually looks like an upside. And Remember what I said before. The cards have to not matter. The cards do not matter. For Renathal to work, the cards in the deck do not matter. In the case of Quest Priest... You, ha- you get your win condition in your opening hand, which is the quest. You generate the win condition outside of your deck... And you can tutor your win condition with um, Thrive in the Shadows. So it doesn't really matter this, what the size of your deck is. In addition, the cards that you play do not matter. What matters is the cost of the cards, right? you just plan to fulfill the quest. And having that 10 health cushion is good because you're playing a garbage deck that plays stuff on curve and is completely inflexible. So it's very likely to fall behind. It takes damage in the early game. So having that 10 health cushion helps it stabilize into the light elemental, right? Or into the Zyrella desperate prayer. So Renathal and quest priest actually make sense Is it that much better than maybe not running Renathal? No, it's not that much better. But it seems like it makes sense. I think it's a case of okay, this is not a liability. This is not a situation in Curse Warlock where, no, you'd rather just run, you'd rather not dilute your curses. There's no synergy in Quest Brace. There's nothing. It's just play cards that cost something. Now, I will say, you probably don't want to run Reno. Renathol Quest Priest, because this is the thing that people are doing on top of the running The advice Renithal.
1: that you have to give today is next level. <laughs> play 30 cards and use the deck builder in your collection. Just pick good cards and then stop when it says you're done. Don't play 40 single copies.
0: <laughs> 40 single copies. Because why hat? Because Reno can heal even more. No, don't do that. (laughs) And by the way,
1: a problem that you have with regular Renathal quest priest is exacerbated with Renothal quest priest. Because the best cards you want to add are often spells, your Thrive will whiff a lot of the time after you shuffle in the shard.
0: Yeah, it's terrible. Please, guys, stop doing that. If you want to play Renathal, with Quest Priest, be my guest. But please play 40 cards with multiple copies of the best cards that you can play. Wait, the,
1: the card choices in these Renothal lists are really something else. There's a
0: lot going on here. Yeah, but here's the thing. I, I'm, I've been saying, okay, Renothal actually makes sense in Quest Priest. But this is all relative. Renothal versus no Renothal. But when it comes to Quest Priest versus the field, this deck is trash. Like, who could have seen this like coming? It, it's not good. This deck is not good. I was playing at day one and I was winning because it was a plane against Renathol Curse Warlocks. That's why I was winning. This deck you is were not good for a hot
1: minute there. I'll point out day one, it was a little <laughs> spooky.
0: For a, a hot spooky? minute, I went like seven zero and I was saying, guys, what's going on here? But yeah, this deck is not good. And it even loses to Pressor Drain. I mean, God, this deck loses to Pressor Drain. Okay, this isn't it. This is not it. Um, so yeah, Quest Priest, not a good deck. Even though it may want to run Renathal because the cards in the deck do not matter. It's a bad deck. So why would you even play it? The deck doesn't matter. So Renathal is actually viable here. Um, yeah, but uh, thankfully Priest is playable and competitive. Thanks to Naga Priest, mostly. Nagapriest is a pretty decent deck right now in the format. It's got a decent uh, matchup spread. It's uh, very, very good against Celestial Druid. I think that that rise of Celestial Druid heavily benefited this archetype. And it doesn't have a lot of bad matchups. Uh, I think the, the main matchups that it really doesn't want to face is Trash Shamans. We know that. Um, other than that, it can handle most things. You know, big spell mage can be tilting, but holy paladins disappeared. Like, I'm not seeing much holy paladins at all. So, yeah, Naga Priest is pretty decent and can definitely take advantage. It does fairly well against uh, Presto Druid. Like, it's fine against Presto Druid, and it beats Celestial Druid pretty hard. So, it's pretty well situated against the most popular cast in the format. Is it going to get worse over time? Likely if Druid declines, but Naga Priest is pretty good. Boar Priest, again, it's like. There's a lot of celestial druids. Do, do I really need to explain?
1: Mm, maybe spell that out for me.
0: Okay, Hat. There is this Bore Priest Celestial Druid matchup. And it's like, okay, thankfully, Hat, thanks to Renathal, <laughs> the matchup is not ninety five five, it's ninety ten. 10 that's because boy. of Renathal, because okay? Okay, so because of Renathal, Druid lost five percent in this matchup. And it's now yeah. But you you still don't want to run into that matchup ever. And that's why Boar Priest is pretty dumpster. So yeah, so Priest, ah, not a lot changed here. Uh, in terms of what you want to play, again, Quest Priest, people are going to play the Renathals, but the deck is trash. Hunter. Hmm. Hunter, Hunter, Hunter. I actually forgot about Hunter. What is going on with Hunter? Mostly Mountain Bears. Yeah. Big Beast Hunter, I think... Nothing really changed there. This is a very strong deck. Um, it's very, very strong on the climb to Legend as it always is. It gets worse at Legend, but it's still very good there. I don't see any reason to change builds. I don't really re- see any significant changes in the... Like, it doesn't do very well. It's one of... I think it's the only good deck, the only real deck that loses to Prestor dread. That's not a joke deck. Right? It's not good against Prestor. Like forty-five, fifty-five matchup actually uh, struggles a little bit in that matchup. But the rest of the matchup spread looks very good. Like uh, you do well against Celestial. You do well against uh, Fell Demon Hunter. That's a significant matchup that Big Beast Hunter seems to have some edge. And yeah, it's it's a pretty good deck. Um, Quest Hunter, I think, is okay at low ranks. But again, it's kind of a deck that the higher you climb ladder, the worse it gets. I think it benefited a little bit from this patch just because there's so much garbage. and But I think as the meta is going to go normal again, it's going to get worse. But it's kind of playable. It's it's decent at low ranks. Uh, not a lot of news there, there though. Uh, when it comes to Shaman, uh, I think both Murloc and Control Shaman look like uh, good decks right now. Um, I don't think this comes uh, as a surprise. Um, Shaman handles Druid very well. Um, Both, first of all, Murloc Shaman obviously rolls over Druids no matter what Druid they are. It rolls over Prestor, it rolls over Celestial. I don't think I need to explain much why. But they have 10 life. They have 10 life. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's what people need to understand. The extra 10 life is not good against aggro if the aggro is board-centric and you have no way to remove the minions. Yeah, 10 life doesn't kill stuff. Yeah. Like, if the Murloc Snowball is out of control, that maybe one extra turn that you buy with your 10 health doesn't matter if you can't remove the Murlocs on that extra turn. So it, it doesn't matter at all and also since you're diluting your deck you're less likely to find answers in order to kill the murlocs so what did you do you did nothing if you're playing against burn decks like bomb rogue it matters murloc shaman does not so yeah so murloc shaman stomps on them and control shaman handles them the well it's favored against both celestial and presser druid and obviously, Control Shaman is good against spell Demon Hunter. It's good against Rogue. It's good. Um, both of these decks are good. Obviously, at top legend... Actually, you know what I have? I'm not even sure that's true anymore. Because there's so many druid that Murloc Shaman is not even a top legend.
1: Yeah. Well, have you seen the tech that the latest Control Murloc Shaman decks are trying out? One copy of Bloodlust is in a lot of yeah, yeah. the
0: control lists. Yeah. I wanted to talk about that. There's a card that appears that seems promising Bloodlust. Some people already started, uh, brought it to Master's Tour. Uh, the addition of Bloodlust gives Control Shaman some lethality. And some way to punish things like Big Spellmage that don't have great removal and that matchup is rough without Bloodlust. And Bloodlust gives you an out to actually burst your opponent down. And same for like things like Warlock, especially when they dilute their deck and they're like, less likely to find uh, the removal. And you can just cheese them with a Bloodlust. So Bloodlust in place of, like um, I would say, Command of Neptulon is a good choice. You can cut one um, Frostbite as well. I think those are the cards you can flex one of them it's, out in order to run a Bloodlust. People are,
1: are cutting the Glug, and I'm sad, but I get it.
0: Do not cut Glug. Do not cut Glug. That would be a mistake. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you.
0: Yeah. Anyway. uh, Yeah. So, Murloc is very... So, Shaman is very good. And again, Murloc Shaman got a lot better at high levels of play because there's so many Druids. Even a top legend, right? So, the stack just stomps Druid like no other. In fact, Murloc Shaman is probably the best deck in the game against the Druid class. So, I'm not sure I need to explain much more why it's so strong on ladder right now, right? Murloc Shaman is pretty nutty. And Control Murloc Shaman is also good, and uh, Bloodlust is nice. So, yeah. Shaman is looking, uh, benefiting highly from the fact that people are playing bad decks. Yeah. But it's also just like
1: solid. Just solid.
0: It's just good. It's just good. Uh, control Shaman is very well rounded, and it's good. Demon Hunter. Fell Demon Hunter. Uh, there's no other Demon Hunter other than Fell, right? So,
1: Well, they did nerf Big Demon Hunter.
0: <laughs> they did, huh? Um, yeah, Fell Demon Hunter is a good deck. Uh, it sees far less play right now. I think players were initially scared of Renathal. And they were thinking, oh, with 40 health, and since this is a damage based deck, we're going to struggle against Renathal decks. Well, not so much. Feldemon Hunter, though the matchup did get worse, I will say that, against Curse Warlock. Feldemon Hunter is still favored against Curse Warlock. Um, Fel Demon Hunter is still favored against Quest Priest. Their deck just kind of is worse. When I play against a Warlock, you know how how you can tell that they play Renathal? Without even seeing the prompt at the beginning of the game. When they don't play a Curse card in the first five turns, that means... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they yeah. just don't find it they don't find the coldest they don't find the drag below they don't find it the the uh. theory behind
1: renathal there is obviously like their early aoe is all six mana cards right tammy wave and customer and so they're just kind of writing off the first five turns and saying we'll just get there uh, either we coin it out on five or we play it on six going first and that'll be enough because we have the extra life and then Something like a Vanguard or fanatic, just like no, that won't be enough. I'm just going to hit you. Even the Slither Spear, if you let Slither Spear live for a couple turns, you're taking ten. You're just taking a ton. Yeah,
0: but but also you have so much damage. Your damage capability is really high you can even handle yeah. the forty life. And also the life gain is less consistent. Like the, the, the uh, decks like Warlock are less consistent at finding life gain. Right? You're not. You don't have more life gain options. You're already maxing out, and that aspect so yeah if you draw it less then you heal less so that kind of offsets the extra 10 health that you get at the yeah, beginning of the game but enjoy
1: your smothering starfish
0: because you run two copies yeah but uh, I will say that the matchup did get worse but you're still you don't lose the warlock you don't mind queuing into them so Feldyman is fine Um it's good against Druid as well because you can you can just raise the, like they don't have answers to your damage and their life gain isn't very consistent. Uh so yeah, you just wreck them and uh Feldimontor is pretty good, doesn't care. Uh yep. nothing changed there. Uh Paladin, Paladin's kind of disappeared. Uh Holy Paladin is
1: not on our gold app, which means it's not one of the top 16 most popular archetypes.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's not, and it's not even the most one of the most top uh, sixteen most popular archetypes at at legend. Even uh, nowhere is it is it popular. It just it just fell off the face of the earth. Now I will say that Holy Paladin did get worse because, in you know, because if you're playing like Renethal decks are actually kind of rough because. <laughs> Because you you're when when your goal is to just grind out an opponent, then if they have 40 cards, then that's a bit of a problem, right? Yeah, and also, like,
1: when you're depending on hand buff hits from Cariel for smite, but the greedy decks, and you have to play around mutinous by keeping a bunch of minions in your hand, it kind of takes forever to get them up to 40.
0: Yeah, it's... You're reliant on an... O- on a- Very conditional OTK through Smite. That if they have 40 health and you don't have pressure, it's actually harder to kill them, right? So that's one thing. Yeah. It's harder to grind them out of the game. Like, your removal is limited. You're playing 30 cards. You're going to hit fatigue before them. And that actually matters in some matchup like Curse Warlock.
1: And you know what's ironically difficult to deal with? 25 one-mana dragons.
0: Uh, Yeah, though... Surprisingly, that's actually not the biggest problem of Holy Paladin in the current format. But yeah, basically, uh, the Renathal decks actually do well against Holy Paladin. And that that means that this deck dropped off in play, dropped off in power. Though Mech Paladin is one of the... Is it actually better than Murloc Shaman against the Druid class? Possibly definitely competes with it as far as uh, destroying Druids no matter who they are. Mech Paladin is very, very good against both Prestor Druid and, Sh- and uh, Celestial Druid as a Druid counter. I will say no, it's not as good as a Murloc Sh- no. Yeah,
1: not against Prestor.
0: Yeah, the, it's, it's worse against Prestor because they can challenge your early game, but... Well, Murloc Shaman just snowballs well out of control because it's a bit slower than Murloc Shaman, but it's very good against Celestial. So it's another good deck against Druid, but not to the extent. Like, if you really hate Druid, play Murloc Shaman.
1: Also, you did just mention that Quest Priest got a lot more popular. Not a matchup you want to see is the Holy Pally. Because Cariel don't stop a shard.
0: Doesn't stop a shard. You also have no threats. Like, the Smite, like, if they play Renathal, the Smite is less likely to do something against them. It's a, yeah, it's a rough matchup. It's always been a rough matchup, though, even with 30 cards Quest Priest. Uh, yeah. So, Paladins kind of fell off, and Warrior, uh... Not a good time to try Control Warrior. It had
1: (laughs) (laughs) two brief weeks, and then suddenly everyone added a bunch of stuff.
0: When you're, okay... Holy Paladin fell off. We know why. Control Paladin... Control controller Pretty much the same reason. But even more so. Because you're meant to run the opponent out of cards. If they have 40 cards... <laughs> what are you supposed to do? What are you doing against Presto Druid? Or what are you doing against Celestial Druid? What are you going to do against this stuff? You can't handle it. Quest, control Warrior has been completely dumpstered. It is... Absolute garbage right now. It is not remotely playable. So that's dead. So, yeah. The revival that it had just before Renathal was out is done. And unfortunately, the class um, now looks kind of bad again. Though Quest Warrior is okay. Um, Because, again, since there's a lot of janky decks in the format that run inefficient cards and they don't really pressure, then that gives Quest Warrior time to complete its quest. And again, the 40 health doesn't matter that much because you're just snowballing out of control and you have infinite threats in, in theory with the Juggernaut. So you you do well in these matchups that just are super passive and just let you do whatever you want. But again, I expect, just like Mech Mage, I expect Quest Warrior to get worse over time. And it's not like people are... Eager to play it. It's play rate is pretty low. So Warrior is not too relevant. Um, And that's it really. Uh, I would say that. Where the meta is probably headed. Is that we're going to see less and less Druids. As time goes on. I'm already starting to see this. Um, Trend of Druid declining over time. Past three days. 28% Druids at Legend past day twenty five percent druids past twelve hours twenty percent druids you get where i'm where where this is going like people are seeing that druid is a bit of a mirage, a bit of a false prophet. and they're gonna move away from this class and start playing better decks so yeah so the to those who were worried about Renathal becoming format defining. Or those who are overjoyed about the, new, f- the f- new future of Hearthstone. We are now playing 40 cards in our deck. No, we, we, we're not. We're not doing that.
1: I will point out. Yeah. yeah. Until this card rotates out of standard, there will be an ongoing discussion around it. Maybe yeah, something yeah. new will make it good. You will see this on ladder at all levels of ladder, no matter what we say statistically. We have seen things that we've said, hey, probably don't do this. Be played ad nauseum in every meta. But Renathal in particular is going to be super popular and super visible. And content creators in particular are going to go crazy for this card. You're going to see a lot yeah, of people decking them for
0: months. I think that there's there's a good chance that there will be synergies added in the future that might make forty cards deck make sense, and sure. already you see that there are some situations in some specific decks, very specific, with very specific requirements, where Renathal would make sense. For me, the bottom line, based on my current experience, is that for Renathal to be good, your the cards in your deck need to not matter or matter significantly less. You're looking at Prestrodrid, where like six cards matter, and the rest is just filler. Like and you 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 actually have an upside with running more cards because you get more minions and you're more likely to have Kazakhsen generated. It's kind of that those fine old Quest Priest where the deck's not good, right? But it makes sense to run Renathal because the cards in the deck don't matter, just their cost does. So that's what is required for Renathal to work. Now I will say that this isn't particularly compelling. Like like if there's if if there is a meta deck where the cards don't matter in the deck and it becomes viable with Renathal, then I'm not particularly looking forward to it because I think it encourages very linear gameplay, very very boring gameplay right when you have more cards in your deck then your choices that you make in building the deck matter less like look at prestodrid what did, well, what do you even do when it comes to deck building it's just a dumb gimmick but there might be again they may do some synergies where having more cards in your deck makes sense who knows uh what happens in the future i'm actually betting on it to happen like remember maestra you remember how big of a joke maestra was at Maestro was a meme. We gave it a one, and we were correct in the card preview. It was unplayable, and then they released an expansion with tradables and gnomes, and they were
1: and the devs were really excited about it because they intended for it to happen. So yeah, there could absolutely be some kind of payoff here.
0: Yeah, there could be some synergies in the future that. Makes sense because as of right now, all Renathal uh, does is dilute synergies. Um, so and that's a problem. Uh, and the upside of the 10 health is only relevant not even in aggressive matchups, they're relevant in burn matchups. If the aggro deck has ways to snowball boards like Murloc Shaman. The extra life does not matter. And if you have the removal to remove the board that they develop, you'd rather have 30 cards in order to draw your removal more consistently. That Because if they are board-centric and they don't have burn, what you need is the removal, not the life gain. The 10 health doesn't matter as much as clearing their board and preventing them from continuing to deal damage to you. So when you look at it that way, I think it's pretty clear from the matchup spread that I've looked at in what Renathol does, it only counters burn. And it counters limited burn. So yeah, take it as you will. It offers you protection, maybe a cushion for some setup play. But other than that, yeah. It has been
1: fascinating to watch the arc of this development, and I feel really confident that for months and months, there will still be ongoing discussions about it in Discord, and there will be a lot of theory crafting debates around, is this the time for Renathal?
0: Absolutely. I am betting everything that when it's not even going to come far in the future, we're looking at this set, we've only seen one card or in, in some other cards like locations and stuff. Uh, with the new expansion. But I'm betting that people will theorcraft and think, oh, this is where Renathal is going to work. And to be fair, in terms of baiting the player base and making them think and believing that they're playing a card that's more powerful than it actually is, this is masterful design.
1: I think it's some of the best design work they've done in terms of just aligning what they do with the player base's desires. Uh, even though the desire is not necessarily logical, I think it's really, really well done.
0: And the funny thing is, people are people are talking about how, we're talking about how this is what's going to establish control as the dominant archetype or whatever. Excuse me, guys. Control was really, really good. It was the dominant strategy before Renathal came out. Renathal actually obliterated Holy Paladin and whatever was left from Control Warrior. So... <laughs> It let people play
1: more alignment decks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is not a promotion of what you call control. Uh, so.
1: It's, yeah. It's, and like really what's going to establish control is a less of a chance to draw carryo, Like, come on.
0: Come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people were actually trying that running Renathal and Holy Paladin. Oh yeah, boy! Oh boy, that
1: its worse.
0: That I think does that's not the word I'm going to use. It is—it is, it is substantially if you worse. Wanna, like if there's any deck that wants to draw a specific card that's really powerful and it needs that card or those cards more than anything else, and doesn't have a way to tutor them like Prestor, which has four different tutors, then you do not want to run Renathon your deck.
1: But you know why you run Renathal and Holy Paladin, right? Because you know what you add? You add Amalgams and Bronze Explorers
0: and Kazakasan. Look at yeah, that. Yeah, this is exactly what they've been doing. This is exactly cards, what no, no. they've been doing. 50. That's a 50. 50 card deck. You
1: run out of your 40 you, cards, you got 10 more. You're going to hit the turn limit before you draw all those cards.
0: Yeah. You play Kazakasan, and you just drew your... Uh, uh Embers, and the game is over in the tie. Congratulations.
1: By the way, what's the one answer that Paladin has to early wide
0: boards? Is it a
1: two of spell? Is it quality? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. It's not important to draw Maybe that. Not. So it's fine. Yeah, we want to draw that kind of. 40 cards of clear. kind of hurt us doing that. Anyway, I hope this was a good educational. I hope this gave players some perspective on what actually could make. Renathal work in the future and they need to think about what needs to be done for that to happen for now. Enjoy your bad Renathal decks. And, uh, we'll have see you next week ladder. in the report. Yeah. Have fun yeah. beating the Renathal players. Cause now you got the inside info, you know, from this podcast that you have nothing to be scared of. Zach, I'm going to tell you my plan. Cause I haven't gotten to do this
1: yet. Tomorrow is the first Renathal so popular. I am loading up on mech mage. I am just gonna jam it. I'm gonna multitask on my iPad. Deck tracker. I don't need deck tracker. I'm gonna mulligan for one, two, and and gateway. And I'm just gonna play that and jam some mechs on curve
0: and it'll be fantastic. I got a weekend. It'll be fine. This is why we canceled the report also, to make people play random Throne more. We're so generous, right? We're so generous. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, reveal season starts now like pretty much started the day before this uh, podcast
1: came out so we're gonna wait till we have a few more cards to process those uh, together
0: we're gonna talk about cards in future podcasts we're gonna there's some there were some cards revealed but we'll wait next week we're gonna talk about some cards and yeah I'm excited about this uh, new expansion with uh, with Daddy Vampire yeah it'll be it'll be fun So, listeners,
1: thank you so much for tuning in. Extra special thanks to our VS Gold, VS Silver Patreon supporters, everyone who subbed and supported. Uh, You can look forward to our next report on time as usual. Uh, That's going to be on Thursday the 7th. Get to see all about what's going on in this format. And then we'll have another podcast next weekend that should be take a little bit more focus on talking about the card reveals, but we'll go over what we see in the report as well. We'll see how many cards we have by then. And uh, Evil Dave, thank you so much for the podcast transcriptions. And Steven Sensei, you're the Real MVP. Thank you so much for the intro and outro. We'll talk to you all soon.
0: The Data Reaper podcast is an official production of Vicious Syndicate. Don't forget to sign up and contribute your game data to improve the quality of the weekly Data Reaper report. Instructions are available on our website, along with lots of other weekly content at vicioussyndicate.com. Thank you to all of our patrons and data contributors for proving their strength in numbers.